Hey, hey, you know what time it is. It's Afro People Hour time. It is I, your host, Mireille, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey, everyone. It's the boss back in the building. Yes, we are back. Daniel, how was your holiday weekend? Oh, my goodness. It was filled with a lot of food. I will say that. But it's kind of crazy because I also just moved into a new place. So spending the holidays moving, that's not fun. Yeah, I thought moving that, sucks. But congratulations yeah. on your new place, though. Congrats. And I, I'm sure it feels great to not have to pay somebody else's mortgage or rent besides yours, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and now so, I actually have a place for my studio, <laughs> for my podcast. Exactly. More private. Yeah, so we have been celebrating the holiday weekend, um, Thanksgiving, Black Friday. And it's so funny because you know how like previous years you hear about Black Friday and people lining up and stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been watching the news and it's been so crazy because usually you would see like the lines in front of the shopping store by 6 p.m. the day of Thanksgiving. People are oh, yeah. lining up for the sales, but it, it just did not happen this year. I mean, people are broke. Really? People are broke. People are not spending as much as they would have been spending because of the inflation. There's a lot happening well, right now. It, so, but, mm-hmm. I get it, but I thought that with, with I thought that with all the deals that they have right now, people would be like, "Oh, let me go get this for a cheaper price," you know, even though they don't have the money to pay for. You know, like you said. I don't know the deals. Honestly, like. I actually, I mean, I wasn't planning on buying anything and I did not buy anything for Black Friday this year. But looking at the deals, I'm sorry. Like those deals were not black enough for me. Like they needed to be like <laughs> 80, 90% off for me to, you know, to even consider shopping. Because you have any interest. <laughs> the funny thing is that I looked at, and I'm not sure if many people know this. I hope that they do because a lot of like businesses, what they're doing is that they're just marking off the same price and mm-hmm. putting it as a sale so for example there's this deodorant that I, I like to buy okay so it was like 33 for a, a package which i bought in right. may and then when i went to the site to see the oh thanksgiving special exclusive blah 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 you look at the details of the pricing it says original price 60 dollars thanksgiving 33 dollars i'm like it's the same thing i literally just bought the same <laughs> deodorant package in may for this price and then i remember buying again last year 2021 and it was the same price 33 dollars so look let them not fool you with the whole like exclusive it's not that exclusive like if you really really need it then buy but for you I think for us moving, yeah, we needed to save some money. So we tried to look at all the deals possible and buy the major things that we can buy and get any discount we can have. Yeah, awesome. Now, I know that besides Thanksgiving and Black Friday and all that holiday spirit happening, another huge event that's happening for those of you who are not aware or not into sports. Or living under a rock. (laughs) Yeah, it's the FIFA World Cup which is currently being played in in Qatar. But before we head over to that, um, where Daniel is going to go over, you know, a recap of what's been happening so far, how the U.S. is doing and all that good stuff, I do want to circle back and shed light to a topic or a story that most of you have probably already heard or have maybe seen a few 
updates of what's happening. Now, this is the Shanquilla Robinson murder in Mexico. Oh. Um, this might be highly triggering for some people. So I just want to give you a warning. I'm not going to go into the you know, details of the graphicness of what happened, but I've been keeping up to date with the story and just kind of wanted to update y'all on like the current status. Um, Daniel, have you been keeping up to date with the story? You, you, you know yeah, what happened, I mean, right? I watched it a little bit on the news, but I've not been following it in detail. So, I mean, can you give us a brief recap of what happened? Yeah, yeah. So... Okay, 25-year-old Shanquela Robinson from North Carolina traveled to Mexico, Cabo, Mexico, with six of her friends on October 28, 24 hours from her arrival. She was found dead. Now, how did she die? That's the thing. We have heard a lot from the friends, from the police, from the autopsy. Okay. That's where everything is just chaos. So... Here's what we know so far, and this is the timeline that we know. October 28, she traveled to Mexico. She stayed in a villa with her friends. They got into some sort of game, and there was a physical altercation from one of her friends. So So there's a video that came out where she was being bitten and knocked like she, she was literally naked in her room and being bitten by one of her friends. So, now, that's that news came out after the fact. But what happened is she went to Mexico with her friends. Within 24 hours, something tragic happened to her. Her friends called her parents and told them she was being treated for alcohol poisoning and she died. Okay, that's what her friends told her parents. Now, the, the friends returned back to the U.S. Lord knows how they did that. And each of them had a very different story whenever they talked or visited Shanquilla's parents. Now, Shanquilla's parents requested an autopsy and the autopsy had something different to say. Get this. That so is according so to the autopsy, Shanquilla died from a spinal cord injury. And when parents received the body back in the USA, they saw that her lip had been busted. She had like injury on her eye. Like she she just seemed like somebody who had been physically bitten, you know. So, so- that's where everything began to unveil. Now One thing that is confusing in the whole timeline is this. According to the police report, right? Right. They say that Tranquila died around 3.15 p.m. Okay. Okay. That's what the police report in Mexico says. But then when the authorities investigated and questioned the doctor, because apparently one of the friends beat her up, she got unconscious, they called, quote-unquote, called a doctor. Doctor came. The doctor said they arrived at three o'clock and left at six o'clock. So they were there for three hours trying to do something to resuscitate her or whatever. We don't know that part. But but that's what the doctor reported to the authorities that they arrived at three o'clock and they were doing uh, work to get her back, get her vitals back up. But, you know, around six o'clock was when it, it, it didn't work anymore. Okay, but wait, that's a lot to take in. Let me. The police re- but how come the police report is saying that 
she died at 3 p.m. So what were you doing for three hours? Like you, so that means technically somebody's lying. You arrived there where the body was already dead, or you arrived there and she was still alive. And for whatever reason, now this doctor claims that she urged the friends to take her to the hospital, but the friends insisted that they wanted her to be treated at the villa. Okay, now I know that a lot of you uh, Americans would be like, well, but you're a doctor, you should put your foot down. But look, in foreign countries, it, <laughs> I know it's kind of you know weird to say this, but it's very typical that people can bribe, can offer money to a doctor to say, no, I prefer for you to like treat the patient here. No, do this, do that, which is what I believe they they did. We don't have the information right now, so the Mexican government is investigating. As of right now, they've issued a warrant for the arrest of one of the friends, the one that was physically seen in the video, physically like beating her up. That friend probably is somewhere in the U.S. or has left the U.S. because it's all it's left now to the U.S. government to send that, that person of interest back to Mexico so they can be tried in Mexican court. That's just so much to take in. That's why I was just like, wait, hold on. Because I'm like, when you look at what uh, we see out there in the media, is the video that you mentioned about the lady who is attacking the girl. But you were saying that that was just a game? Like, how is that just a game, the way it looks so brutal? So there's another a second, video that, that has, a second video that came out that revealed information that they were actually playing a game, a card game. Right. And something led to another. It's Then it became For violent. whatever reason, one of the friends decided to just beat her up. And if you watch the video, you can tell from the way she's answering and just saying, okay, okay. It's like she just wanted to get it over with. Right. But nobody is excusing what happened. It should not have gone that far. And I'm not saying that, oh, they did they did not um they did not do anything bad. They did. No matter what, like no, yeah, exactly. they should not have like exactly. should not have turned into that crazy of a situation where she she's been bruised she's injured and then she's on you know on life support and then y'all leave mexico and go back to the u.s like normally like if you killed somebody or if somebody died regardless of whether you did something or not in a foreign country you are supposed to remain there until things are you're being questioned and sorted out i believe that somehow these girls or these friends, they talk to somebody who let them go. Exactly. Because it makes no sense that they, somebody died, was, was already dead, and they, they left the country, returned back to their country. Especially that they have the video evidence of the assault. That's what I'm saying. Because with the conflicting story that you're saying that is mentioned right now with the alcohol poisoning and then with the spinal cord injury, when you have a video on hand, how can they let them leave the country with all this evidence? So that's what I'm saying. 
there's something more to this story that we'll need to dig more into. No, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's exactly what needs to happen right now. They're waiting for the U.S. to go ahead and um, right. send her back yeah. to Mexico so that she can Except be tried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mexico is classifying this as a femicide. Did you know what a femicide is? Because I no idea. I <laughs> what is that? It, I was calling this a homicide or murder, but apparently a femicide is a uh, death or a murder of a female by either a male or of a, or by a female. So really? as long as a woman has been brutally murdered or beaten or killed in some sort of like really brutal way, it's called a femicide. I didn't know about that. Well, I learned something so, new. And in Mexico, you face at least 20 years in jail, in Mexican jail. And Mexican jail ain't no joke. So... We all know that. So we just need the U.S. to do what they need to do at this point. Um, I hope that she gets her justice. Parents can, you know, find, get some justice. It's, it's not fair that this happened to her. Um, all of them, everybody needs to be held accountable. All of the friends, all of the people involved, the doctor, the, pol- the police that were investigating. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to take... Because this news has like gained so much attention in the local and the you know global you know the, the global scene, they're gonna make an example out of her. I'm pretty sure because it's given Mexico, I mean, a bad rap as as Mexico already has. So it doesn't help tourism. So some people were saying that maybe they the police report got like altered because they did not want to make tourism look really bad so they just wrote alcohol poisoning and then they you know got together with the friends to just make it like oh yeah she you know but it, from her body it was pretty obvious that this person was brutally beaten well we just send all wanna... our prayers to her family all right so we're gonna move on to the exciting part of a podcast and we will go over to the sports corner with D-Boss <laughs> All right, it's that time again of the year. Once every four years, we got a World Cup and again, the best tournament ever that exists. No matter who can tell you that they love the NBA, they love American football, they love rugby, they love tennis. No, this is the best (laughs) tournament ever, okay? (laughs) I love your enthusiasm. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Yes, because that's the way. You're right, though. Like, to be fair... I don't see I don't see as much like enthusiasm or excitement in the US like overseas or other countries. I just don't know if America does not just have that soccer, you know, spirit. I agree with you with that because in other countries people are literally taking the time off vacations just to watch all the yeah, games that are going on right now. It's a huge deal. It's a huge huge yeah. deal. But like we said, the development um or more of the focus here in America is kind of less on that front because, you know, they don't call it football first of all, they call it soccer. That's a whole other debate. But, of course. Well, I'm going to need the U.S. or North America. Well, I think Mexico does pretty okay with that. I feel like they have the ambience. But, like, I'm going to need the U.S. to get their shit together by the time the next World Cup is around because we're hosting and I just need all the ambience to be out. And you know who's going to be there in all the games. (laughs) If possible. Not all the games. (laughs) 
Well, all the games. Yeah, so tell us what is happening now. What is what's the update? Well, so this World Cup, first of all, is taking place in a Middle East country, Qatar. Now, for Qatar, there's been a lot of issues with this World Cup because, first of all, they are a very conservative nation. So, a lot yep. of Western countries were worried about going to Qatar to attend the World Cup because they were fearful for what might happen to them. But okay, like for, what? Ex- that's the issue that uh, people were wondering. Like you said, like people from the Middle East, they were like, "Wait." When we come to America, when we come to your Western countries, we do what you guys want us to do there, right? Like when in Rome, do what the Romans do. So when you go to Qatar, Qatar, they don't drink alcohol there in public. So they are like, wait, why can't we take our beer to the games? Why can't we drink around the stages and all those things? But it's just their culture. In their culture, they don't drink. So they, they said they ban drinks from this World Cup. So that's why there was a big... Yikes, that has to be hard <laughs> for like footballers. Literally, that's what you do. As soon as you get into the stadium, yep. you find the you know, the drink stand, you grab some snacks, hot yep. dogs or something to chew. So what are people drinking? Juice? Yep, juice, soda, water. I mean, when you go back to your hotel, you can drink. Or when you go back to your own place or okay. rest, I mean, that's fair just, they don't say that they don't... I mean, that's good. Yes. So you can basically like pregame yes. and then go to the exactly. game. Exactly. It's just in that culture, they don't want you to be out there drinking in public because they don't really know they don't do that. So that's why it was a big debate because most, like you said, in most of the football or soccer, as they call it here, sales, beer is like one of the number one resource because Heineken, all those big sponsors, you know, they were looking for their, they were looking forward to like promoting in the World Cup because they said the World Cup every four years brings the highest amount of beer sales for a sports event. So imagine then losing out. That's crazy. Imagine then losing out on all those, you know, all those beer events. So that's why there was a big issue first with that. The other issue, that's the crazy. other issue too, is about you know in the Western cultures, people are more free the way they dress and everything. But in the Qatar, yep. a very conservative nation, so people were worried about oh. Now, but conservative for who though? For women though, right? Well, women covering up. Right. Yes. Not the exactly. Men. Women covering up. The men normally they wear their normal outfits, you know, and stuff. But women have to cover up because they said, you know, in their own, is their, their culture, same way, same way. So that's why a lot of issues yeah, were... Yeah, and speaking of... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so speaking of covering up and dressing, I, I know you... I wasn't sure if you're going to get into this, but I just wanted to touch base. I did see the opening ceremony, mm-hmm. and I, again, I'm excited about the performances and all that, and I think it was really, really great. It was nice, but a lot of the feedback... People were like, oh, it was boring. It was very somber. It was too, like, churchy, very religious. I'm like, but this is Qatar. You don't expect to see, like, people like J-Lo shaking her ass and shaking her butt and boobs on national (laughs) TV and people screaming, like, you know where you are. That's not going to happen, you know? I thought it was a very different opening ceremony. And I love that they paid homage, um, I keep saying homage in French, they paid homage mm-hmm. to um, the history, the, the previous mm-hmm. World Cup anthems. Um, right, from the past, other yeah, countries that hosted. Yep. <laughs> I know it's funny because even one of my friends who is from Saudi Arabia, he even had to text me and say that, were you disappointed by this opening ceremony? I said, no. He's like, oh yeah, I'm sure people don't because there's, there's no naked women because he's like, because he remember watching the one in <laughs> 
watching the one in South Africa and when Shakira was all dancing and shaking, it's like, I'm sure everybody's appointed because there was no naked yeah. women this one. I said, no, it's, it's their culture. It's different. Even a lot of Africans... Wait, was the last one in South Africa? No, the one that was in 2010, South Africa. Yeah, because there was one in... Was it Brazil or... Uh, Brazil, right? No, Brazil did not host... When was the last World Cup? So the last World Cup in 2018 was in Russia. Mm, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so you can definitely get... So before that was Brazil. Exactly. That's why I kept getting confused. Right. So Brazil and then... South Africa was before that. Yeah, so you can That's see. why everybody remembers, you know, Brazil, J-Lo shaking the ass and everything. Yeah, South Africa, and Shakira. Russia, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I even remember watching the, the Russia opening ceremony because it was during, like, 2018. What was I doing in 2018? I don't remember. What were you doing? <laughs> Not watching the ceremony? <laughs> Plus, again, like I said, there are other things involved with which maybe I might share an article with everybody about some of the issues about why Qatar was hosting the World Cup because... The previous president had handed the World Cup to Qatar, but people were complaining about the weather. As you can see, it's happening in November, December. Normally, the World Cup happens every That's summer right. in June, July. Yes. So that tells you that they was more involved with this than just having a normal World Cup because they had to even move it to see, to see the situation for Qatar as how hard it is in yeah, June, July. We talked about this like in one of our previous podcasts because exactly. we were like, um, all the people, mostly the white people, were complaining that it's gonna be too hot, you know, yada yada yada. So they moved it to. I'm sorry, like Africans, we don't care because <laughs> we we used to the heat, bro. We used to it. Great so. transition. So let's go to talk about the games then, because this World Cup has been one of the craziest World Cup ever known. Because the first in World Cup, whenever I think about World Cup, who do you think? Are the teams that always win, you know, the games and stuff. In what it's what continent? Usually a default. What continent will you say? Daniel, literally Europe or South America. There you go, like right? The rest of the continents are there for participation, participation trophies. Exactly. Basically. So let me tell you how crazy this World Cup is. In the first round, looking at the African teams, Senegal is in the first group, Group A. They played one of mm-hmm. their best games ever. Till the last five minutes of the game, they ended up losing the game to a European team. So Ugh. we were thinking that this is the same trade of what we see every year, right? Long mm. and behold, the next game on the second group was Argentina against Saudi Arabia. So everybody was like, okay, well, we know Europe, South America yeah, always win. Name. But the biggest shocker, since Cameroon in 1990, who beat Argentina, the same team. Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. <laughs> it was so crazy. That's crazy. That I did not watch that game, but I, I saw it trending on Twitter. Yes. I knew it was bad because you're like, oh, yeah, obviously Argentina is going to win exactly. the game. Like, hello. Exactly. Like, Nobody. Messi, the freaking God. Like, hello. Exactly. You know? Even my own friend from Saudi Arabia was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be an easy win for Argentina. No way he thought that his team would beat Argentina. It was so crazy that their leader even made the next day a public holiday. He said it's a public holiday to celebrate the victory over Argentina. That's how imp- that's well how big deserved. it was. I feel like any team that beats like Argentina or Brazil or one of those European top league teams is like national holiday, please. Yes, absolutely. On the other hand, Tunisia yeah. also tried in their first game against Denmark. They drew 0-0. So that was good for an African team. So 
you know what one thing that really confuses me well i guess it's a point system the way the games are played right, right? where if you it's better for you to draw than for you to lose absolutely if you draw like if you're equal then you get what one point one point for a draw yep yes and then if you win the game is three points you get the, all the three points every win is three points get all the three mm-hmm. points okay i remember this that's good so at the you play what three games or four games in total so you have four teams in each group so therefore you play yes. three other teams And then the yeah, so you play three other teams at the end of all the, the games, games. You play whoever right. has the I guess the top two in that team exactly the, the, the top, top two, two advances in that team with points move on to the next. Wow! Look at you! Wow! That's right. <laughs> Speaking of one of the biggest upset or not biggest upset, like we mentioned, the Argentina Saudi Arabia, one of the biggest lopsided victory was Spain against Costa Rica. They beat Costa Rica seven zero. That's why some people say. Some teams should not be allowed in the World Cup because they said you cannot come and be losing 7-0 in the World Cup when the whole world is watching. No, but also, but like, I feel like what they should do is that they should be putting those teams against the other strong teams because it's not fair that we have the whole Argentina, Brazil, Costa, um, Spain. All in their different like, groups. All of them, like they're just dominating, like, you know? Exactly. And then Morocco actually even drew with Croatia, which was also a shocking result for an African team. Croatia. Yes. So now. Anyway, let me not let me not talk so, about Morocco right now. So, so as you can <laughs> see, I'm supporting all African teams. Exactly, you can see the pattern. The North African teams drew the first round: Morocco and Tunisia. So the West African teams: Senegal lost. So off, so off, so we say Cameroon. Cameroon is gonna win, right? No, <laughs> no. They lost. They, they lost the game too against Switzerland. Okay, we said Cameroon is losing. Okay, Ghana is gonna win, right? No, they lose no. their game against Portugal, which is very frustrating because Senegal, Cameroon, and Ghana played better than the team that they lost against. So the second round was what? That, that's unfortunate. So what's the problem? Is it that we're just not we're spending more time defending versus actually playing? Like, what's the problem? It's like, just that understand. mentality. How that can we play better? It's just what I call. And they're not. Winning. Yeah, I, I think I call it the mentality of. Um, inferiority because you know that this nation have been way above you and won more tournament and been the worker more often than you so they get scared why they have cameroon players ghana players senegal players have better talent than all those nations but the fact that you are meeting a nation that has been the worker every time it kind of like makes a little bit of like you said the, the players get a little bit nervous which is why it's very important to bring experienced players But an insight to this Cameroon game, Switzerland game, was that <laughs> it's our karma because the guy that scored the goal from Switzerland was actually born in Cameroon. Exactly. Daniel, I woke up at 4 a.m. to watch that game. Wow, that's some dedication. And- And I was like, I, I was so embarrassed. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's karma. Well, anyway, a lot of people were like arguing about it. Like, well, how come he couldn't play for his national team? Mm-hmm. But, it, but again, you may have some insight to that. But I was thinking, okay, Cameroon does not do dual citizenship. Yes. So once you become a citizen of, I don't know, France, you cannot be Cameroonian and, you know, a French citizen. You have to lose your passport. So I'm assuming that's why he couldn't play for the national team or was it because they could not afford him? Like, because I don't, he does not play in the big leagues, does he? He plays that in the, player. he plays in the German league. So, I mean, he plays in the, in, he, okay, he plays in, so in the Bundesliga. Bundesliga. Yeah, he plays with a good team. 
But this is the issue that um, a lot of um, fans or supporters of the of, of African teams have, is that there's not a lot of investment in youth development. So a lot of the youth players go and play their trades in Europe. And when they go there very young, mm-hmm. all those countries take them because they're like, hey, we are the ones that taught you your trade. So come and play for us. Because if you look at play a lot of the us, European okay. teams, Germany has African players. The whole French team is yeah. African players. <laughs> you know, the whole French players. team, basically. You know, but I don't know. But the, okay, but could Cameroon not make the exception and be like, okay, let's get this our player, or is it that the players themselves are like, well, my team, my manager will not allow me to play for Cameroon because I'm signed to play for the national team. Here. No, Cameroon has made exceptions. A couple of players in our team right now are players who were born in Europe, but they actually came back to play for their hope, their their parents, their parents' country. It's just that. Like I said, I don't want to go into details. There's a lot of politics and a lot of different things involved with getting a national team selection. You would think that it would just be based on who is the best player. But unfortunately, that's not how the system works. The system works by who knows you. That's the way you get selected because... Man, no man. We call it man, no man. There you go. Man, no man. There you go. If you know, you know. Continue on those round of results. So after that first round of results, we thought that, okay, that's it for the African teams because, like I mentioned, all the West African teams lost their first games. Why? The North African teams <sighs> drew their games. But then here comes the second games. First up, Senegal. Senegal beats Qatar 3-1. How impressive I mean, obviously, was that? If they did not beat Qatar, that would be like... Especially without Sergio Mane. <sighs> so there was a lot of pressure on them because without Sergio Mane, they will beat and they don't be they don't be Qatar, that would be a problem. Then beating Qatar was what they had to do, but it would have been more pressure on them if they did not do it because they said, Oh, it's easy, but people are like, Well, Sadio Mane is not there, but people are like, No, we don't care. Without Sadio Mane or not, you should beat Qatar. Now there was a battle also of football versus soccer. What battle is that? Hey, you are USA England. Yeah, England claim to be the ones who created, you know, football. So that's what I was saying. It was the battle of football versus soccer. And how can the people who create football draw with the team that causes soccer? It ended up being 0-0. I know, that's, that's embarrassing. They don't deserve that title. They, they can go. So for all you USA fans here, go, go USA. You were able USA. to get a draw. USA. Exactly. USA. So the first West African team to win was Senegal. Next up, Tunisia. They did win the first round, but they went the other way. They said lost to Australia, which was very embarrassing. <laughs> So, <laughs> no shade to Australia, but like I'm sorry, exactly. you lose against Australia. Exactly, that's why bad. that's why everybody was like, "Wow, how do you lose to Australia?" <laughs> but then here comes the big shock of the second round: Morocco beat Belgium, who is number one. <laughs> no, sorry, number two yeah. in the FIFA World Ranking. They beat the second that's best crazy. team by two goals to zero. Wait, who is the first team right now? The first ranking? The first, was it the last World Cup winner? No, the first team right now is the Socceroos of Brazil. Okay. It's so the, Brazil... It's the Samba players. Um, okay. Not Socceroos. Socceroos is Australia. Wow. So Samba Brazil, players. Belgium, and then what? Uh, Germany, Argentina? Yeah, so all those top nations. Brazil, you have... Um, Belgium, you have Argentina there, you have France, you have all those top nations. And Morocco went there and said, Belgium, 
I should have I should have contacted my my my, my coworker and be like I'm sorry. Yes. He's, he's from Belgium. Yes, he will he'll probably be, be crying cuz that's a big shocker for them to lose to Morocco cuz now they are on the brink of elimination if they don't win their next game. That's right. Go Morocco. So the one time I support all African countries. Exactly. So we have Senegal win, Morocco win. Who is up next? Yay. Cameroon. Cameroon's gonna Cameroon. win. No, as usual. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> but at least, at least, let's give Cameroon this. They were able to get a draw. Now, this is without saying that there was a lot of drama involved too, because apparently before this game, there was a fight between the star goalkeeper and the coach. And the coach benched oh the star goalkeeper to put the replacement. So now all the fans are I like, mean, if we had our star goalkeeper, we would have won this game because this goalkeeper took a goal that was so easy that even I could catch the ball. Can you give me a summary of like what you know happened? So for, a, sure for a quick summary, in the first game of Cameroon versus Switzerland, the defenders were playing very slow. So the goalkeeper, whose name is Onana, was trying to get the ball out to the forward. So he was running out of his um, box to go and get the ball quickly out forward to play because he was angry that the defenders were very slow. So in the training yesterday, he told the coach that, coach, please, I need some defenders who are faster because I cannot be the one who is playing further ahead than the defenders. And, yeah. and the coach was like, how dare you tell me what to do? So the coach was telling him that, no, just play only in your goal. Don't worry about what else I'm doing. So they had a little fight and that's when they had to, um, someone they told the president had to interrupt and make sure that they separate them before this game. So they brought in the replacement goalkeeper who made a mistake. Ooh, and I said, with Cameroon, there's always drama. If it's not, if you see a team with drama, just know it's Cameroon in the World Cup. Cause but how do we know that that actually happened though? Because we're not there to see it. And it was not on video. It was all reported so that from happened? the Federation itself. Like the coach came and spoke about it. The Federation spoke about it. And that's then journalists have confirmed it. So this is, a, so this is a history of Cameroon in World Cups. Even the last time they were in World Cup in, 20, <sighs> in 2014, there was an issue with players fighting. World Cup in 2010, there were issues with players not getting paid. So there's always an issue with Cameroon in World Cup. Why can we get our shit together before actually traveling to the country that's playing the World Cup? Like, why can we get our shit together? I'm telling you, mark my words. The day that Cameroon goes to this World Cup with everything perfectly fine, they'll actually go further than any other African team in this tournament. Now, finally, to, to leave on a good note, Ghana played South Korea today and they won by three goals to two. So, in this second round, Yay. we had Senegal win, Morocco win, Ghana win, Cameroon draw, but Tunisia lost. So, let's okay. all support our African teams for the next games coming up because we can all hope that the African teams go through because they have a lot of good chances now. No Africa team is yet eliminated. More updates to follow in this exciting and entertaining World Cup to come. Like, how could they put us in a group with Brazil, for fuck's sake? Like, come on now. How, how is that possible? Like, if you're in a group with Brazil, just know that you're going to be out. <laughs> or if you're good, you're going to be number two. Yeah, that's what... Is there any other African team in our group? No, most African teams, they put them in different groups. Like, that's what they try to do, the okay. other, you know, European teams and stuff. But sometimes you end up with... So they put Brazil, Switzerland, um, Serbia. What was the other uh, team? Serbia and then Cameroon. Right. So that's why if we had won that first game, which we dominated, we would have been through to the next round. But go figure, Cameroon has to find ways to lose games. Yeah, we could have been like Adi's number two or something, right? Exactly. But all we can do is hope 
and let's see and support our African teams moving forward in the tournament because this tournament is going to be a special one. I don't think one of the big nations will win the tournament. I'm going to go for a nation who hasn't won the tournament first. Is that your prediction? Yes. Is that your prediction? Are you calling it now that you don't believe Belgium, Argentina, um, what's the other one again? Brazil. Yes. I think it's going to be a nation who hasn't won a World Cup yet who win this World Cup. All right. Well, thank you for giving us that update. We're excited to see what's going to happen. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on our social media at Afro People Hour. We are on Twitter and Instagram only. We are available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. And be sure to come back next time for a new episode. Until then, this is Mireille. And the both of the Thierry de la Danger. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>